Welcome into the Fairweather Podcast, where we discuss all things San Diego Loyal Soccer Club. We are live. It's episode five, Fairweather Podcast. Episode five. We are brought to you by the BGN. It is a brand new website, so check it out. Um, they redid how everything looks. It looks fantastic. Uh, so check that out. We are also sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. Uh, they supply most of the American sports teams. Uh, so check them out on Roughneck Scarves. Uh, they've been very kind to uh, the BGN network. Actually, just BGN because N is network. So they've been really kind to BGN. And so. Uh, Awesome. I love scarves. Uh, I am. I'm not a big. I'm not a big scarf collector though, like Chris here. Yeah, I'd say I'm a big scarf collector. This one I'm rocking is the uh, the the uh, San Diego uh, Red Devils, and it's actually uh, made by a Roughneck Scarf. So nice. Pretty pretty legit. Definitely, could say most majority of my scarves are Roughneck scarves. Speaking of scarves, um, I just yes. got my. I was accompanying uh, San Diego uh, locals vice president Drew Steck uh, with um, a little photo shoot ahead of the scarf soiree, and so we were r- running around town taking pictures at different places and San Diego places, and I was kind of like the behind the scenes. Uh, photographer, so to say. Okay. Um, it was really fun. I, um, I'm not part of leadership, but I was able to, uh, help out with that photo shoot and really, um, kind of see the scarves and feel them and get kind of the inside look. Um, and we were driving down by this, uh, like we were driving from North park down to, um, Chicano park and, um, we passed by this Jeep and the Jeep was like color of like Tory green. It was like perfect, perfect, perfect color. It was like, yes, this is like, this is meant to be. The universe said, Hey, there's a Jeep right here in South park that like matches the scarf. So we jumped out and took some pictures like on the, on the Jeep. So it was pretty cool. <laughs> Cue awesome dream sequence. yeah Yeah, and that party that night was a pretty fun hang Mm -hmm. the people yeah um folks yeah i think what i was saying and we we got to hang out um chris you weren't there but just to kind of give you an overview there was like you know the outdoors was like where they were handing out the scarves and everyone was kind of you know hanging out drinking beers and watching the women's team uh they were playing that night so um but like when I walked in into the bar in the front there was like faces that I've never seen before and that was like really really interesting because I'm just used to like the past couple three four years of like just being ingrained in this community of soccer fans and you know from EPL down to like the lower levels and I saw faces that I didn't see before, and that really made me like happy because it was something that 
I knew that this was resonating with people outside of the existing community that I've already been involved in. And I've always think that that's key to like really the success of a club because you can't just rely on like those core like 100, 200 people that are going to be there at all times at every single event, you know, in the last three years. So that was really cool. That is, that, is, that is cool because I honestly, when you said that, you're describing here how you were seeing people for the first time. And I thought you were going to be like, man, I was so freaked out. So. No, I mean, <laughs> no, it's good to have like faces, unfamiliar faces. One, you get to open up the community and you kind of like, I love you all that I've seen for like three, four years straight, <laughs> but like. <laughs> I want to like just open it up, you know, like I don't want to, I don't want it to become stale and like, okay, this is just whatever is the same thing over and over the past couple of years, you know? So that was really encouraging. And, um, Alan, you, you came in right when I sat down, like literally like three minutes after I sat down with, um, Jerry and DK while they were recording their podcast. And if you want to talk about that a little bit, that'd be cool. Yeah, so uh, showed up, hopped on. Um, I think that one was the the finest, finest city. city podcast. Yes, yeah, um, finest city. And those two are great at telling the stories behind soccer and behind the pe- the people who make soccer or the fans and supporters in the community. It's really cool to jump on with them uh, and to see them. You said there's these new people, but also those familiar faces. So it's a really fun co-mingling of these soccer communities where you get to, you know, approach soccer with different perspectives of, you know, we're really into tactics. We're just in it for the love of the game or with DK and Jerry, it's, they're trying to tell the story of soccer. in the same. So it was uh, cool to see those two out and to share a brief moment of a different podcast with Marissa. Um, and get a chance to shout out to the stuff that's happening. I forgot to give Bridge Barcada and Battalion and ASC San Diego shout outs too. It's like there's just such a vibrant soccer community, but yeah. that's been super fragmented into all of these the different subgroups of lower level soccer that I think are all kind of coalescing to this point where we can all have these smaller clubs, but then also come together to root for this big club. Um, right. and that was pretty fun. I think uh, I checked in with the locals. I think they're over 300 members. Oh, nice. Pretty solid, right? Yeah, so, that's good. That's always fun to see that. Then that's just a supporters group. So I can only imagine that there's a bunch of season ticket holders who aren't the rowdies. Uh, yes. <laughs> that are going to stand and chant the whole game. Some of them just want to sit and have a beer. So yeah, uh, it's looking pretty positive. It might not be New Mexico 12,000. But there's gonna be there's gonna be a big number, and I think it's gonna be a really fun atmosphere uh, to be a part of. And um, these kind of community events are are really cool to see that coming together. Yeah, I think the um, the three game package that they that they came up with, which is uh, I think more flexible for some. I talked to some of my friends that are in the soccer. They play pickup regularly, but they're not. They're always traveling. They're like going to like conferences or jobs out of out of town, and they said that that was like a a good option for them because it was something that they could still go to games, get the value, see the sholos, and 
uh, I forgot what the other one was in, in three game pack and still enjoy some local soccer without the long season commitment of all the games, you know, which is a long time, March to November, something like that. Chris, you'll be here soon, so you can you can get yourself into this whole community and stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, I can't wait for sure. Definitely uh, looking at some some flights to come out and immerse myself. Nice in that San Diego sun. <laughs> um, I think we we're waiting for our um, our guest, but he he's not here yet. So hopefully he'll be able to join us soon. Um, so want to hop into some new player signings? We had a couple, another trio uh, trio dropped the other day. Um, yeah. Uh, Jake Fenlison. Uh, then we had Jack Mack. Uh, he said Carlos uh, Alvarez. Carlos Alvarez. So yeah. Jack Mack. Carlos Alvarez. Oh insane. yeah. Yeah, Jack Fenland. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, he's come back home. Um, be more backup. Who knows right now? He played on Sunday, Saturday. Uh, Jack Metcalf comes L2, uh, but he came up through the Liverpool Academy uh, and also uh, played for the Wolves Academy, I believe. Uh, he's from Liverpool. He's a scouser, so I'm stoked to have him in. Uh, that was the joke on Twitter this week. That he's my new favorite player. Um, and not that he's my new favorite player is a joke, but the joke that because he's all gung yeah, right. about Liverpool uh, and not Everton. Uh, and then Carlos Alvarez is another good uh, midfielder. Um, people might know his brother if they've been following the men's national team because he was the guy who switched from – U.S. to Mexico, uh, the national mm-hmm. teams, uh, but he's a really solid midfielder. Um, so we're just kind of getting deeper. Uh, the names are filling out. Uh, we saw them. Alan, we have our, we have our guest. He's joining Woo-hoo. us right now. <laughs> All right, let's bring him in. All right, let's let him in. Welcome. Coach Nate Miller, welcome to Fairweather Podcast. We're happy to have you on. Are you here? I am here. Can you guys hear me okay? Yes, we can. Thank you for having me. Welcome. Thanks for having (laughs) me, guys. Good good to be on. Awesome. Um, So we are obviously, uh, Alan is phoning it in just like you, and we have some questions for you. So we're just going to jump right into that, if that's okay with you. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Anything anything I can do. Awesome. Okay, so uh, our first question is, can you explain a little bit about your role with uh, the Loyal? I know that you've ran some practices and or have seen it on Twitter. I don't know. I haven't been to those practices. But can you just give us a rundown of what your role is with Loyal? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think how Landon seeing me fit in here um, and, and kind of what role he envisioned for me is one of the biggest reasons why I'm here. It's a real pleasure really to work with him every day. He's, he's really exceptional. And so just coming here with a clear mind of, of what, what he had in mind of fitting into the staff, I think he's been really um, just has a good vision about surrounding himself with people to, to make this whole thing run at an elite level. So for me, right. My role is essentially 
helping build our game model and making sure that's translated to the training process, I guess you could say, and executing it on the field. So my first love is, is the training ground is the practice field with the players. Um, that's what I love to do. That's, um, that's what I do. I, I love it. And so coming here, um, you know, we all help each other. We all have slightly different roles on the coaching staff, but at the same time, we're all kind of intertwined and, and helping each other every day. So for me, uh, making sure that as a team we're performing on the field and that's, you know, planning and implementing training sessions um, and making sure I'm assisting Landon in the proper ways and, um, you know, do, doing everything I need to do. So for me, the, the training ground, the training process and planning and implementing all those things um, in detail every day, that's, I guess that's my role. That's a small club and, you know, you're, it's not, this is an MLS club, so we all do a little bit of everything. Oh, okay. Awesome. Yeah. Kind of like the startup of soccer leagues, I guess. (laughs) Um, So my question for you was, um, was coming out to San Diego like a dream of yours, like coming out West or did the universe just work out that way with how our team came, came about? Yeah, it's a loaded question. Um, You know, no, it was never my plan to to come out here, although I'm, I'm very happy to be in San Diego, California. I'm not going to lie. But it's one of those where look it's a it was a long long off season but the month or so after Lansing folded was a kind of a crazy time for me and my family um it felt like every two days we were going to be living in a different city and so it all worked out I think in in the right way I'm really excited to be here um and yeah I mean it's uh so far, we love being in here. It's a it's a heck of a process moving a family of five across the country, but it's been great so far. And I know there's a, this place for me is the right time, and I'm really thrilled to be part of such a great staff with Landon, Carrie, you know Matt Hall, Anne Marie, everyone that that makes our team tick every day. It's been so far an extremely enriching time. Yeah, that's that sounds good. We we are excited to see you guys. Starting to play well. I, I wasn't able to make the preseason match, but March is very, very March seventh is coming up very soon. Um, Chris, why don't you ask this next one? I'm putting it up on the screen. All right, sounds good. Right before I ask this question, I do want to just give a little comment to Nate. You know, I was hoping that there would be like another rendition of a Lansing team to drop into championship. Seems like that was like your luck between uh, United and, and Ignite. Um, and, uh, and I will, and I will tell you this, I will tell you that I purchased one of those Lansing tankards when the, uh, the store was on its last leg. So I will be, I will be raising a glass to you for sure. Um, RIP, RIP. So so I got this question. I got this question for you. Um, how is having a familiar face, uh, like Tumi helps you both in your transitions from league one to USL championship. Oh yeah. Well, sure. Look, uh, Tumi and I go way back. Um, I, Tumi is an exceptional, exceptional player and a wonderful human being. Um, him and Grant being here is a lot of fun. I think it certainly helped them transition for sure. Um, they both deserve this opportunity. You know, Tumi was just an absolute superstar in league one last year and he deserves it. And he's you know hit the ground running here to be sure. So, um, I don't know if it's helped, you know, you know, I look, I, I was, I, I moved out here pretty fast. Everything happened pretty fast, but, um, you know, oh, like these are things that when you're building a roster, you have to use every little advantage, every little thing to your advantage. And 
and bringing Toomey here, I think is really going to help our team. And so him knowing uh, him being familiar with me obviously helps him. Um, and yeah, I think he, he's going to use this as a platform and I think that he's, he deserves the opportunity, him and Grant. Um, actually, I don't even know if I'm supposed to say any un, unannounced <laughs> players, but I, I breaking <laughs> news, breaking <laughs> news. Ashley Kramer will probably, you know, like, <laughs> that. But yeah, it's been, it's been good. Like, obviously this is how it works in football, right? It's like players, you know, and trust kind of tend to, to follow you. And, and, and there's a lot of those things that happen, but um, I, I love Tumi Moshabani. He's a, he's a wonderful player and he's, he's, I think, you know, he's got a wonderful opportunity this year. Um, just like the rest of the guys to, to, to perform and, and bring us a championship here. Yes. Um, I, I'm excited for that. Uh, Alan, do you have something? I think you had a different one. You want to put, we have the random ones up if you want to ask him that, or do you sure. have something specific? I was just, um, I noticed on the first preseason game that it was like kind of a, high pressing, high tempo, like exciting uh, type of soccer. And I know like Lansing was a pretty fun team to watch. Like how fun is it to kind of coach those like more offensively minded teams versus defense? Like is, did you bring some of that experience from Lansing? Help build that identity? Good question. Well, look, I I don't think I would have, you know, the discussions with Landon and I coming here were like, it, obviously it wasn't like just a half-hearted move. Yeah, sure. I'll try that. Like it was very intentional on both of our parts. Um, we spoke a lot about the phone, about how we saw the game and how we wanted the team to play and what his vision was. Cause really at the end of the day is I wanted to fit into his vision. This is his club and he's, um, you know, such a big influence on everything that goes on, obviously. Um, and so, you know, when just working with him and knowing what he wanted his teams to look like, it was a perfect fit. So he, you know, my teams typically historically have been very high pressing attacking minded teams with, um, and so for me with Landon is just adapting to, to exactly what to he, what he wants, but it was also a really good pairing in the sense that I think he, he sees the, we see the game very similarly and how we want to, kind of, you know, how he wants to inspire a city and play a certain brand of of football that I love to coach. So it's kind of a a perfect situation. And, um, you know, I, I learned from him, I think he picks up ideas. And so there's, there's a lot going on back and forth to create a game model. That's a, it's a long process and a detailed one, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel so fortunate to, to be here and be able to, um, to, to help build this kind of, this kind of style of play. I'm very, very passionate about it. I'm very passionate about playing a brand of football that is exciting for supporters. Um, that's something that's important to, to, to me personally. I want people to come into the stadium and go, wow, what was that? You know, um, mm-hmm. I think that we don't want people coming into the stadium and just being like, you know, your beer was good and that was fun. And like, <laughs> we want them to really be inspired. And I think that, um, that was a reason I came here because I know that's what Landon wants as well. And so he, he treats people right and he treats the players really well. And so we're here to really, to, to really push the envelope. And um, yeah, we were really happy with how after just two weeks of preseason, the players responded and picked up on a lot of ideas after two weeks and a lot of training, but we have a long, long, long way to go. And um, it's just in the kind of embryonic stages, I guess you could say. 
Yeah, that's uh, definitely a, uh, well, we see that um, with what's being uh, on the practice field and the preseasons. Um, I, as a San Diegan, I know you, you're not from here, but a native San Diegan, I appreciate that you're trying to create that type of atmosphere because that's kind of how our sports have been forever. <laughs> it's very much like, okay, we'll go to a game, have a nice beer, and then right. be gone. Bye. So. Well, no, yeah, one of my first conversations with Landon, he was like, look, like, there's a lot of work to do because people here have a lot of options. They can go to the beach. They can do this and that this mm-hmm. and that. And so it has to be more than just a game. Um, we have right. to kind of capture the imagination of people. And um, I had, you know, the, the year we just had in Lansing, I was so fulfilling and I'm just gutted for the people there to lose their club and everything. But, you know, it was mm-hmm. a really fun experience for me to kind of test this things out with a great group of players but it's a whole different thing here this is a a, a brand new market for me i'm just getting mm-hmm. used to settling in here um but it's it's pretty nice to live here i'll give you that yeah so on that note what's your favorite part of being in san diego so far Oof. oh man <laughs> um well aside from the obvious i mean i'm coming from michigan so as you can imagine this is a yes. night february is is just fine here um yes. i think that uh well, I look, some cool things that uh, as a tradition with my family the past month, we decided every afternoon to every Sunday afternoon to go to the beach together, um, just to enjoy that. We've never lived on the ocean, so that's pretty fun. Um, but then also, you know, just what I love it sounds nerdy, but I just love every every morning on the training field with the players. That's that's what I love to do. Um, it's where mm-hmm. my joy comes from. And so we're just so fortunate that we have such a great group of guys. Um, they're really fun to work with. They work extremely hard and just creating that environment and just being a part of that, um, every morning. That's, that's, that's my first love is what I love to do. And so I just love being with our players and our coaching staff. I really, really enjoy being a part of our coach coaching staff. We just have a really good group of people. I think that, um, it's been assembled really well and I'm really happy to fit into that. That's awesome. Um, Chris, you have the last one if you want to talk to me about that. Sounds good. I want to hit, hit Nate deep in the heart with this question. Um, (laughs) so I I definitely can hear in your voice, Nate, that you're very much, uh, service service oriented. You definitely, you know, uh, seem very giving as far as of your time and your talents. And, And I know that in kind of doing some reading up on you that you come from, a missionary background. I'm kind of wondering how you will try to spend some of your time not on the pitch and the community, maybe volunteering or being somewhat a part of the community. Like what, you know, could you bring from your life experience into San Diego to kind of create uh, something more valuable, like again, off the pitch? Well, thanks for asking that. That's a great question. So I, uh, I grew up all over the world as a, as a young kid, and so I, um, something that I've really enjoyed so far about San Diego is just how diverse it is. Um, it's awesome. Um, my, my son, we just enrolled him in Spanish immersion school. I'm learning Spanish. Our whole family is learning Spanish. It's really important to us um, to be involved in our community. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, look, um, we're still trying to figure it all out. I have certain passion. I really want to, you know, Ashley, our director of marketing communication, asked me what a few of us like what we're passionate about there's some things i would really like to get involved with um in the city um and so yeah i'm still in the process of you know i I, you know with with my life and just how how busy it is i almost have to 
put it into my schedule um, and to make sure that I'm doing it and serving the community. But it's really important for, for my wife and our, my wife and, and, and our whole family to get involved in the community and not just like live a small little life. Like I think it's so easy to do in today's world. Um, so yeah, we're working on those things. We're just getting settled in. We have kids five, three, and one. So it's, uh, <laughs> takes us a little, we're like a really, really slow moving train when it comes to settling in anywhere. <laughs> so yeah, it's, uh, we're, we're getting there and we're excited to get involved and to try to just, uh, be a small part of our community and just, um, yeah, help, help those around us. And, um, we're getting there. So I think that, um, yeah, we just love so far, like just the diversity of, of where we live and that's something really, really cool. We'll, we'll be looking to really follow up with you to see um, nice. just what you're uh, able to do with that. Is there anything that you want to share with the listeners, with the supporters of the, the team, like things you want to, a message you want to send out as we kind of wrap up? Sure. Yeah. I just, uh, man, b- bring, bring the people, bring the noise, you know, like we really want to make, Torero Stadium, a rocking place. Um, and I think that visiting there with the staff was, was really fun. I can, can envision it. Um, and so just uh, every match, you know, bring people that haven't been. And I think it's going to be a really fun environment. So um, I don't think the, the football will disappoint. I really don't. Um, and I think we've got some great players. They're still being announced, but there's some really exciting players. So just bring new people out. Um, I think that the city will really get hooked with our team. Um, and, uh, I don't want to overbuild it up, but I think we're going to be really exciting, um, and, uh, and get people off their seats. So bring people out and bring, bring the noise. It's fun to follow what the locals are doing. It seems like, you know, I, I always don't think people have never realized how hard, like how much work goes into building a supporter group. It's a ton of work. Um, mm-hmm. And I really respect what you guys do a lot. So uh, keep bringing new people out and let's uh, pack out to our stadium. Yeah, I'm excited. Less than a month away now. Thank you so much, Nate, for joining us. We'll definitely be sharing this on our podcast. I think it'll be released tomorrow and it's on YouTube right now. So. Okay, guys, thank thanks you. for having me on. Appreciate you. Thank you. All right. Hey, thank you, Nate. Yeah, bye. All right. That was awesome. That was pretty rad. I, I really want to, like, follow up with him on the on the volunteer stuff because that's yeah. – like, he, like, totally touched my heart there. I was like, yes. Like, it's bigger than the game, and that's what really brings people in, I think, and really attaches them to a team. And uh, right. if anyone – you know – most people who have may have heard this before know that I'm, I'm involved in that stuff locally here and as much as I can. So it was nice to hear. (laughs) Yeah. I can't wait to hear what he comes up with and use the platforms that we have available to us to amplify and get people out. If there's an opportunity to do stuff with the team and with him, um, Mm I mean, we, we see it in the community from time to time. People just kind of step into spaces to do good stuff for, you know, people who might not have opportunities to do do things. Or, I mean, that's what's been really cool while watching, watching like, the Bridge Barcada group grow. It's just mm-hmm. organic, organic community-based things are so cool to get involved with. And the community in San Diego is a pretty fun place to do it. So I agree. Awesome. That was great. So um, next on the list, Alan, I think we're going to do previews. 
yeah, so we've been kind of doing this kind of previewing teams. Uh, this week we have Sac Republic or Sacramento Republic and El Paso, seventh and sixth place finishing teams in the West. Uh, and my duty was to cover Sacramento. Um, they have re-signed their kind of leading, historic leading scorer in Iwasa. Uh, he's up to like 45 goals for Sacramento. So he can go over 50 this year for sure. Um, they brought back, if it wasn't Iwasa leading the team, it was, I believe it was Lopez, and they brought him back. He spent some time in Mexico. Uh, so he's back. Uh, they're going to have an exciting attack uh, like they always do. Sacramento, the first year in USL, they won. Uh, after finishing second place, uh, they've finished first in the West regular season before um, and second a couple times. They've uh, made the playoffs every single season. Um, last year, they upset Reno after the play-in rounds. They had a play-in rounds, faced the second place or the second, yeah, second place team. They were seventh uh, and went on the road to Reno and won three to one. Uh, so Sacramento is um, a team to look at. Um, some things to put in across the bow, if you will, is uh, Sacramento is with St. Louis moving to the MLS. So what you're going to see is the MLS side signing a player, uh, paying them through the MLS signings, and then loaning them down to the USL side. Uh, this happened with FC Cincinnati two years ago. Uh, this happened a little bit with Nashville. Uh, so there's some rules that as the MLS team is forming, they can sign some MLS players early and have them play on the USL team with the idea of moving them up to the US or MLS when they move up. Um, it's there's kind of some there's two camps complicated. <laughs> yeah, there's two camps. There's one that's like, this is kind of shady dealing. You're using your MLS money to buy a player to play in USL early. But it's also, these are the rules that are in place because the relationship between MLS and USL, um, where you can essentially sign up, because they're two different teams, sign a player for your MLS team and loan them to the USL team in the meantime. Uh, some other cool stuff is... Sacramento has signed a couple of their academy kids this year, which is super cool to see. Um, they had an academy in 2015, and some of the kids that they signed this year started especially the top club. Um, so that's really cool to see these USL sites investing in their academy and actually getting players to come out of the academy um, for their top club. Um, that's something we might see in the future for Loyal or the Loyal can use the existing structure of the tons of youth academies in San Diego that already exist uh, to kind of partner with them like San Diego Surf, for example. It might be more efficient for them to partner with the Surf as opposed to, to start their own development academy. Um, but it's really cool to see USL starting to build down into that pyramid and graduate people up because that's the goal you develop those players sign them to your first team develop them into mls talent and either sell them off and reinvest that money again or eventually like sacramento is 
maybe you develop that academy so you're now have first team MLS players that you have developed. So the kind of the European model. Right. That's interesting. Yeah, See how that works out. Yeah. I mean, we have a slight connection to Sacramento because of the founder of Sacramento is, I mean, we all know that story um, where he started, founded Sacramento Republic. Um, It'll be interesting to see their stadium development. I believe they're trying to develop in downtown Sacramento. Uh, but Sacramento is always a quality team. If you want, uh, if you're w- wanting to watch just a random Western Conference team, Sacramento is usually a pretty solid place to go. Uh, their crest looks great. Their kits usually look pretty good. Um, they usually play pretty strong attacking soccer. Uh, and they're a fun team to watch. They're going to be a tough team to play, especially on the road. Um, they're going to they're going to be a tough team to come up against. Uh, well established, although they do have a new coach, so we'll have to see how that works out. He might change that playing style. So there's some new things in Sacramento that might shake things up, but they're always going to be in the playoff mix, and they're going to be a pretty good barometer for uh, San Diego Loyal when they go up against them to see kind of where they are um, in the pecking order. Chris, oh. anything you want to add? Uh, yeah, there is a, uh, there's a player that I watched uh, during last year's uh, playing around that I think is definitely a threat for them. It's a uh, Kevin Ailman. Uh, he's a, he's a midfielder out of Canada. Uh, this guy has just got so much skill uh, with him. I mean, in the instance that I watched him play New Mexico, you know, this guy has got so much speed and so much footwork. I mean, he was able to do like a double step over and just create so many chances uh, for like Envoldson, for for instance. Uh, so definitely like Ailman's definitely, you know, one of those those players that, that is a threat, along with like Bijab as well. And um, the, the only other thing I was going to add, it was kind of funny you were talking about Sacramento being a threat is and being a good team is, you know, the team before them, the the Sacramento Geckos. Did you ever hear about that team? Nope. All right, this is just trivia, right? So <laughs> <laughs> no, Sacramento Geckos uh were the old uh, Albuquerque Geckos. So back when the USL A League was was formed, the Albuquerque Geckos did so well that they basically moved to Sacramento at the time and it did so horrible. And then the league basically absorbed the Sacramento team and then the team was gone. So the Republic definitely are the better of the two. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> okay. I, um, I'm going to go ahead with my preview of El Paso locomotives. Yep. Yep. So let me pull up my notes here because I um, am going to give you all the info. So Mm. they are going into their second season and they got as far as number six in the West last year uh, with 13 wins, 11 draws and 10 losses. They reached the conference quarterfinals uh, originally and won 3-2 versus Fresno. And then they beat Sac Republic. 3-0 3-0 to reach the USL Cup Finals versus Real. Is it Real or Real Real Monarchs? Real. Real. Real, Mon- Real. Real Monarchs. Real. 
Royale with cheese. Okay. Royale with cheese. Yes. And then they lost in the finals one, two. So womp womp runners up, but that's a really good, impressive run on their first season. Um, so that was the Western cup final. Yes. Western. Okay. Sorry. Um, then they lost, uh, oh yeah, they lost in the finals one, two. So they opened their season this year, uh, this year versus orange County on the road, Friday, March 6th. And then their home opener is in El Paso, March 14th versus T2. So that's this season. Um, the preseason they played uh, FC Cincinnati and they lost 0-1. Um, El, Pas- El Paso's best chance at breaking the deadlock came in the 64th minute, uh, but that didn't happen. And FC Cincinnati scored in the 81st. So I think they're getting used to the new players. Um, I've heard that they brought back 14 members of the inaugural team. So there's the good core of the people that they had from last year um, with some new signings and some notable names. There are um, Distel Zola and Fabrizi Facobo. I don't know how to say his last name. My apologies, sir. And uh, he, I don't have a lot of info on them, but they, they seem to be, I got Intel from one of their, um, Big fans and podcast host Phil, when he says hi to you both, Alan and Chris. From Seriously uh, Loco. Yeah, he um, gave me some insight on that. Uh, so, yeah, in addition to those two, they have um, local guy. They send a, a local player called uh, Luis Chapa Herrera. He was um, discovered at a local tournament by the head coach. So that's really cool that they could bring in local talent. Seems similar to kind of what Loyal's doing and bringing in people that are from San Diego or have a tie to San Diego. And then uh, they signed forward Marios Lomas. He's from the Netherlands originally. He's uh, he played college here, college soccer here. And he started in the Dutch football system in the youth and early pro career. So he's uh, he's someone to look forward to. Um, and last year he scored, uh, he appeared 14 times and scored seven goals uh, for NCFC. So that's someone to watch. He's up at the top. Yeah, uh, El Paso, yeah they did lose ahead. a couple of their, their big offensive key pieces. Uh, so... That's what you're kind of looking for to see if a couple of those new signings can fill in those gaps of a Sebastian right. Velasquez and a Case of Vider or whatever you say his last name. Uh, Case of Vider. Um, so they were they lost a couple of key guys up front that put in a lot of their offense. So those mm-hmm. are some of those new names that they're hoping to fill in and uh, score some goals for them. Yes, definitely. I think. Um... And then I I got into a little bit of my emotional side when I started doing some research about them. And uh, they were really integral in in recovering the community when after the Walmart shooting last year in August. So it'll be interesting to see how that um, plays into this year and how, I mean, that happened in August and obviously like mid-season. So 
we'll see if that affects them. They all. had a. Yeah. Go ahead. They went. They went with like a campaign of El Paso Strong. So yeah, uh, Sebastian uh, Velasquez really retweeted uh, what they were trying to do with the GoFundMe. Mm-hmm. You know, just really poured his heart into that campaign, and they raised a great amount of money uh, for, I believe, those the girls' soccer team. The girls' soccer team, yeah. Uh, yeah, like within like maybe a couple of days, I believe, mm-hmm. if not just like. And so they were able to do that. And the, the community really rallied together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, definitely other supporter groups and other clubs, obviously, um, you know, shared shared that as well and really try to support. Mm-hmm. That's, that's really a, a big thing that happens amongst the supporter culture is you'll have all the different clubs supporting uh, where the tragedies happened and, and really right. just reaching in. So, Yeah, it, it's another point to – that it's bigger than just the game on the field. And the um, documentary that was put out by the USL, like featured like the cross border um, camaraderie between FC Juarez and, um, and the El Paso locomotive supporters. So I, it kind of reminded me of how it is here in San Diego as a border town, um, because there's a lot of crossover between you know, if Loyal picks up and, you know, there's a lot of people that go to Sholo's games that are going to be at the Loyal games. And then they walk across every Friday or Saturday, depending on when the Sholos are playing. And they, you know, change into red and black and they're like Sholos fans. So it was really cool to see because I, I guess I didn't realize how close they were to the border. I'm just like confused on that geography when it comes to Texas. So, you know, something that was interesting, I I'd recently looked at the 538 um, website. 538 does all kinds of different uh, calculations and, and statistics. And, uh, and so they had a post just on basically on the USL championship 2020 season, as far as teams uh, percentages towards making the playoffs along with uh, the percentage to win the final. And I do think it's very interesting that, with El Paso going as far as the Western Conference Final, that there's not a little bit more consideration for them really to, you know, win it all. Um, just looking at things here, I mean, they do have a man as like 61% chance to make the playoffs and then a 2% chance of winning the final. Whereas Phoenix Rising losing, you know, to... Uh, real monarchs like around before they still have phoenix obviously at 90 percent, 98 percent making the playoffs and 21 percent winning the final and obviously that's like the the greater amount but again considering phoenix's teams and the players that they have bought in the offseason you know i mean that's forth telling but it's just interesting that the game of soccer does not work the same way as say like a college football system where based on how well you finish is consideration for the next year. Right. Alan, where'd you go? Did Thanos snap you away? <laughs> I'm back. You Hello. are back. Welcome I'm like back. Spider-Man. I'm back. <laughs> no, no, you're like the other half of the Marvel universe. That's what you are back. Right. Back. Yeah. Now I can hear you again. It's like a miracle. Yeah. Wow. I got this. Legit filter on. You're 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 doing good. Right at the very end, it's like perfect timing. 
<laughs> it was all planned. It was all right? planned. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, uh, kit reveal. Oh we yeah. Talked about that last time. Uh, thank you for guys for taking the survey. Looks like a lot of people are choosing Tory Green. Uh, someone at the scarf party mentioned there was an Ajax kit, uh, Adidas Ajax kit a couple years ago that was green and orange. Um, you can take a look at that. I would not hate that. Um, but we're excited for the kit reveal. I will be there. I think I have taught my wife into going too. Wow. Um, so we will be taking pictures and right. posting stuff on our Twitter feed. Um, so if you can't make it, uh, we will be there to help the club announce, unofficially help the club announce. They're not going to let us do anything, but... Uh, they should. We'll be, they, they really should. should. Uh, but we'll be posting some pictures of the uh, the pre-party, uh, definitely the kit reveal. Um, so that's coming up. So if you're out, please say what's up. Um, if you got a sticker, hopefully you put it on something. Yeah. Uh, we still have some, so if you're... We haven't gotten to yet. We will get you. Uh, yes. So don't you worry. They look great, Marissa. Great job getting those dunsies. Thank um, you. Thank you. Shout out again to uh, Punk Rock Paint for creating that right. logo for us. Right, Rob. Ah, my life uh, Shout out to the women's national team for winning yet another tournament. Um, beating Canada this weekend. Um, so shout out to them for bringing home yet another trophy. We are ready for the season. No, <laughs> I guess. Right. I mean, we got we got two more preseasons at the end of the month. Um, and yes. then we're gonna start right up. So um, I'm hoping to try to make it out of the preseason, uh, the last preseason home match. Uh, but I'm not making any promises. And um, is that on the 22nd? Do you remember the date? I don't know. You're breaking up again. Come on, Alan. Pull together. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 22nd and 28th. I think the last two. 22nd. Oh, okay. Road against Reno. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. I'm confused. So hopefully. Hopefully get a good crowd out for this last home preseason match to warm up your lungs for March mm -hmm. 7th. Um, I do. We do want to announce next week's podcast is going to be at a much different time. Yes. Uh, we are scheduled to go live at 7 a.m. Um, because we have a very special guest from the East Coast uh, joining us. We're, we have confirmed one. We're working on the other one. Uh, but uh, these two gentlemen host the Three Honest Lads podcast. Uh, they are they, one of them, well, two of them, the two guys who host it were two-thirds of the um, USL Championship broadcast. So we're excited to have uh, Tyler Terrens on. We're working on trying to get Devin Kerr on as well, but he is bachelor partying it up in New Orleans. I have yet to <laughs> confirm with him. Um, but we will be talking all things USL big picture next week um, and having uh, someone who knows a whole lot about it, about the league, and has been covering the league for quite some time on. So we're excited to do that. But that just means we 
have to work around his schedule, and um, we will be interviewing him 10 a.m. Eastern time, which means 7 a.m. out here. So if you can't make it live for that one, make sure you check it out on YouTube later. Subscribe so you get that notification so you know when it, it is posted. Beer Moses. Yeah, I'll I'll be having coffee. It's President's Day, you know. So day, day drinking for sure. Oh, don't tempt. Right. I will. I will. Put a little Bailey's in there, a little Kahlua, maybe. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying, you know, it's it's Tyler Terrence, man. Dynamite. <laughs> Alrighties. I'm excited. So uh where can where can we find you guys on the interwebs? You can find me at hashtag Marissa on Twitter and Instagram. Chris? You can find me at by Chris Walker on Twitter and Instagram. And if you are a comic reader or a pop collector, show me your collection. Oh, and Alan. Oh, you can find Alan at a Underwood forty eight on Instagram. Oh, on Twitter and Instagram. But you can find all three of us at Fairpod on Twitter. I don't think we have an Instagram yet, so we'll see. We need to get one for sure. You you can manage it because I I got six already on my phone. Okay. <laughs> Alan, we're ready to we're ready to. To sign out. Are you ready to sign out? <laughs> I don't think he hears us anymore. <laughs> Yo, Alan, where you at? Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we have an Instagram yet, so we'll see. We need to get one for sure. You you can manage it because I, I got six already on my phone. Okay. <laughs> Alan, we're ready to we're ready to to sign out. Are you ready to sign out? <laughs> I don't think he hears us anymore. <laughs> Yo, Alan, where you at? Bye. This and every episode is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. You can find other podcasts on BGN.fm. The Fairweather Podcast is also sponsored by Roughneck Scarves the official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and U.S. Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Tired of the same old uniforms and cookie-cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday League squad, adult, or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com.